Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today, I have my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hey, Mark. Hi. How you doing? Fine. <laughs> I almost had a poop joke. <laughs> I'm doing fine. What's up? What's going on? I have to tell you something. All right. I'm all ears. As Marie Curie said... The things that make us weak are the things that make us strong. Okay. I feel like you have more to say. Well, I mean, you said to me, hmm. you know, before we started over. Okay. Um, <laughs> that it just sounds like another way of saying what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Yes, that's correct. That that's I still stand with that. You do? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a good example of that is <laughs> fart. Like, not just fart, but fart. Oh, my God. <laughs> emphasize on the okay. fart. Like, fuck you, Kelsey. Stop it. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, God. More poop jokes. Great. Yeah. This is why we do the podcast. Poop jokes. It is. <laughs> if you want to hear more poop jokes, you oh can follow us on Facebook. No, no. We we're, gonna, we're not going to do more poop jokes. Just please follow us. <laughs> Stop it. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's and Real. Mm. And you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. And review us on Twitter. I mean, not on Twitter. <laughs> review us on iTunes. Oh, God. Imagine if that was a thing. Ugh. Yeah, everybody. If, if 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 that would probably create some kind of an apocalypse worse than what we're experiencing now. <laughs> yeah, like if Twitter became the new Yelp or some shit. Oh, like, shit. oh god, <laughs> give us a review at 150 characters. I, I think fucking hate you. The only thing that would be worse is if Reddit became. Oh, Reddit came back and that. Oh, that would, no, that, if Reddit was a place to do reviews. Oh my god, the cesspool <laughs> that is Reddit. There are some gold, some yeah. gold material on Reddit. Like when I. Uh, my last job, I had to go through Reddit, and oh my god, I would see the stupidest fucking stories, like strange, uh, strange. Um, oh, there was an article I had to write. It was like strange holiday holiday traditions or some shit oh, like that. Yeah. It all was oh so good. It was so <laughs> weird, but so good. I, of course, I couldn't use like the raunchy stuff. I had to put like. Yeah, our grandma died on Christmas, so we watched the same movie on Christmas every year. Some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you saved the raunchy stuff for yourself. Mm, delicious. Mm. Gamey. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will get noticed more if you review us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And then the whole world will get to hear our poop jokes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's, what the world is, that's what the world needs now. It's more poop jokes. More than ever. I mean, if you review us enough... Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't like the poop jokes and you know none of your friends will, but you have a few enemies <laughs> and you just, hey, I heard about this great podcast. <laughs> and then it's all poop jokes and they're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> got so, you, bitch. So diabolical. I know. So evil. You know. <laughs> what do we got going on this week? <laughs> uh, we got the news. We got our recent review of Radioactive. Um, we have Variety Time responsibility in the media and our topic is who rules the world well what's our geriatric cinematic oh yeah 
<laughs> you forgot that part. <laughs> well, how could I? Uh, geriatric Cinematic is Frida from 2002. I think it's funny how you remember Radioactive, <laughs> which is a... But weird... I said that really fast. Yeah, like, uh, let's talk about it real quick. <laughs> um, and I forgot the the better one, Frida. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go further into that. We, we, we have some strong words about Radioactive. We do. We have Radioactive words for Radioactive. I know, so toxic. It's so toxic, we're going to put in a little bottle and keep it next to us all the time and wonder why we're getting sick. (laughs) I think that's where martyrdom came from. Martyrdom. Martyrdom? Is that an actual term? Yeah. Martyrdom. I never heard... I heard martyr, like maybe martyrism. Is that a word? No, martyrdom is the word. Oh my God. I sound so bored of him with his martyrdom. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, our topic is who rules the world? Girls. Yeah, girls. <laughs> I was the, really hoping you would say it. You know, as the Beyonce song goes, girls, yeah. <laughs> You've never even heard that song. No, I haven't. <laughs> I ain't going to act like I have, you know. I'm not going to be like, yeah, Beyonce, boom, damn, yeah. That's totally fake. That's how you can tell I'm like full of shit. <laughs> sound like that. I sound like a bro dog. Mm, okay. We have a lot of news today, so let's get to it. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, news dropped that uh, Train Spotting's Irvin, Irvin Welsh and American Psycho's Brett, Brett Easton Ellis are working together on a series called uh, American Tabloid. Um, the reason why I actually want to talk about this is because I'm, I'm actually a huge fan. Well, I used to be. I used to be a huge fan of Brett, Brett Easton Ellis' writing. Um, he does a podcast now, and he's a fucking piece of shit individual really yeah he's like i remember he was talking shit about like black Lives matter groups and stuff like that and this is like before it has become so prevalent in our media like today mm-hmm. but he was a piece of shit um everyone else he's kind of a funny guy um i like his writing i enjoy train spotting uh the book and the movie not as much as me <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Didn't you oh like- no not train spotting i was thinking of blind spotting you like, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah two completely different movies. Titles are similar. Oh, that's what I'm... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what happens is that they're doing a... Uh, they're in the final talks of working with uh, UK's Burning Wheel Productions to co-create a dramatization based on national tabloid press culture in the US. Um, the show is going to be... The working title is American Tabloid. Uh, it's a series uh, will unspool over decades of following events from weekly publication where political correctness, morals, and ethics are unheard of. Um, I'm like I said, I'm interested in this. Um, like I said, these are two of my used to be favorite writers, uh, combining their efforts. Um, Brett Easton Ellis, I'm he's not a good script writer. He, uh, one of his books was turned into a movie that he wrote the screenplay for, and it was really fucking bad. Mm. Um, so, but I'm I'm curious to see what happens when you put these two like raunchy out there, like in your face kind of like minds together, and yeah. and especially it's about like tabloids. And oh, stuff plus like some that. people don't do well on their own. Some people do better with someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brett Easton Ellis, he he his style is very kind of like uh like commenting on like pop culture and stuff like that. Um, some of his books. Uh, his most well-known piece of literature is American Psycho, mm-hmm. um, but he's also written, written like Rose of Attraction, Glamorama. Um, oh, what's it called? 
he gives me like a neater Chuck Palahniuk vibe. Yeah, like Chuck Palahniuk is more in tune with like, like okay, I actually I never, I never really thought about it until now. Their raunchiness is kind of similar, but Palahniuk actually has he goes more crazy. Yeah, and he has more of a he has more of a refined statement to say where. Ellis is more on pop culture, mm-hmm. and he kind of like goes all over the place. But Polnick, I love Polnick's writing. I, I'm still a fan of his book. I haven't, I haven't read like uh, last book I left off on was Pygmy, um, mm-hmm. but that was like shit, like over ten years ago. And he's written a bunch of books since. But I love, I love, uh, love uh, Polnick's work. Mm. Ian Ellis, mm-hmm. so kind of man. On it. But I'm curious. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about this TV show. Yes. I'm going to let you take the next one, too, because it's your boy. My boo. My boo. You know what? Kelsey and I talked about this. Well, more like I talked about this. But whenever Edgar Wright News comes out, I'm just going to, like, make a sound, uh, something, put it on the soundboard, where whenever Edgar Wright News is going to, I'm going to press it, and it's going to be like, Edgar Wright, love you. Why won't you marry me? I propose to you four times. Why don't you marry me? I dream about you every night. I know. Hey, um, Mr. Wright, if you're listening to this, I'm outside your window. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, so Edgar Wright, he's directing a film called Stage 13. Um, Dennis Boy's been, he's getting busy with his work. Um, so it's going to be a ghost story. Um, it's based off of this novel by Simon Rich, and it's a, oh, it's a series of uh, short stories. Um, and the book... The story is going to be about uh, it's, a, it's about an inspiring director who's plucked from obscure, obscurity and hired to direct a movie on a major film lot, uh, studio film lot. However, it's the film lot is haunted. Um, the studio execs hired this guy just to like make this movie to try to get rid of this ghost. That's uh, it's a ghost of an inspiring actress desperately wants to be a star. I'm interested. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It, this, this is a level of comedy. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't say if... Let me see. It doesn't say specifically it's a comedy, but, I mean, it's it's going to be some type of... Some humor in there. Um, it actually says it seems like a nice return to comedic material for oh, right. Oh, okay. Um, since Baby Driver and Last Night in Soho are not comedies. Yeah, those are more serious films. Yeah, and I, I love his style of comedy, you know, fucking... The Cornell trilogy and Simon and Simon Pegg and um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm. Um, so of course it's gonna have like his like his like frenetic style. It's gonna be like not frenetic, kinetic. It's gonna have like a kinetic style. I'm sure it's, it's gonna have some type of kick-ass soundtrack because mm-hmm. he's so goddamn good at it. You know, um, he has his own playlists on uh, Spotify. On Spotify, yeah, he does do that every every year. He does like songs of like that year or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, normally it's really good. It's like a lot of stuff that I've never heard of, and mm. I, but I, I trust his ear because he knows his shit. You trust his ear? Yeah. But not his nose. And you're kind of like, eh, on his hair. I don't know. You know, maybe you could trust his hair, maybe not. I don't know if I can trust his nose. I've never seen him have good taste when it comes to food. Hmm. hmm. What does Edgar Wright eat? That's what this podcast should be about. Whatever it is, it's right. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm done with this story. I'm fuck. Fuck this. <laughs> uh, HBO is adapting Tanahisi. Tanahisi. I don't know how to say that word. Coats. Mm. Between the world and me, and it will de- debut this fall. You're about to say debut. 
Yeah, debut. <laughs> the debut is foul. Yeah, we're gone. Um, ouch. Jesus, don't beat yourself up for not saying his name correctly. It's okay. I hit my funny bone. That it was hurt. pretty. That was pretty hilarious. What was? That you hit your funny bone. It's <laughs> 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 like poop jokes are your thing. Bad jokes are my thing. Yeah, at least yeah. I have good jokes. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> well, you just said you have bad jokes, so by default. So bad, so good. <laughs> so was up was up with uh was up with uh with the between the world and me? Um HBO announced they're going to do um a show mm. based on his book. Mm. Um it's also called Between the World and Me. Mm. Um it's a story, it's like a structured letter to his teenage son in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a compelling mix of history analysis and memoir. It won the 2015 National Book Award for Nonfiction, and it was a finalist for the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for General Nonfiction. Damn, I thought he won a Pulitzer. I guess not. Um, not on this book, but maybe maybe he did on a different book. Uh, yeah, he I, he did a book on Barack Obama. I think it was called like We Were in Power for Eight Years or something like that. Hmm. Um, originally adapted and staged by the Apollo Theater in 2018, the special will combine elements of that production, including mm-hmm. powerful readings from Coates' book, and will once again be directed by award-winning director and Apollo Theater executive producer Camila Forbes. All right. You say his name every time it comes up. Tananasi Coates? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Susan Kalichi Watson are also executive producers. Oscar-winning filmmaker Roger Ross Williams is producing. It will also incorporate documentary footage from the actors' home life, archival footage, and animation. Mm. The special will be produced under COVID-19 guidelines. Oh, I am so interested in this. I really like this book. Uh, no, nay. I love this book. Mm. This um, this book, uh, I remember reading it for the first time, and I got like a sense of of James Baldwin within the within his words and shit like that. And I remember like after I got done reading this book, I like looked up interviews and like videos and whatever he said because I, I I came late to the party, but I looked up all his interviews and everything, and he had said that. What inspired him to write this book was, um, oh God, not go tell it to the mountain. Was it go tell it to the mountain? He said it was based off of he. What inspired him was James Baldwin's um, most well-known book. I think it is go tell it to the mountain. Uh, go tell it to the mountain. <laughs> Um, in addition to producing this special, HBO will be making a charitable donation to Howard University and the Apollo Theater. Really. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no, I'm sorry. The fire next time. That's what. It, that's what it is. Okay. Okay. So this book, yeah, it is. It is like a letter to his his future son, his teenage son, um, and it talks about like race and like where he grew up and like how his race has a factor in and how to be like realistic and stuff like that, and also like you know your life's your life is gonna like face hard times because you are a black man in America, and all this stuff, and it's a really touching book. And then coincidentally, James Baldwin's uh, The Fire Next Time, he writes a letter to his nephew oh, and it's okay. in the same sense. So it's kind of like, it's like if you read, you can like read James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time and mm-hmm. then go right to um, Between the World and Me. 
and you could see like different generations of like black men raised in America and stuff like that. It's a really beautiful book. Yeah. I really love that book. Sounds good. Yeah, so awesome. So the fact that like they're doing a TV show, I'm gonna be crying. I'm be like, oh, father, son. You saw it'll be like a Thursday. It'll be a Thursday? Yeah, it'll be a Thursday for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um Coates said, as people across our country continue to speak out about violence, systemic racism, and the urgent need for tangible change. Um, no, Forbes said that, sorry. Mm. Uh, Tanahashi. Tanahashi Coates. Tanahashi. You're not saying it right either. Um, there's Ta-na-na. not two N's in there. Tanahashi. Sorry, Tanahashi. There we go. Tanahashi. Sometimes I say it fast enough. Tanahashi's words resonate as strongly today as they did five years ago. I'm excited to collaborate with, again with both Tanahasi and HBO on this important special event, ensuring that the powerful voices in this work and the cry for justice from the black community continue to reach a broader audience. Mm. Um, black is in in Hollywood. <laughs> that's, that's how it is. Black is in. I mean, you know, it always is as long as there's not a white person that could do it. <sighs> I know. Better air quotes. Fucking what's this green book shit. <laughs> um, so yeah. Awesome. Yep. Are you uh, I didn't ask, are you looking forward to this? Oh I'm always looking forward to like something that's gonna broaden my mind on different mm-hmm. things. Yeah, normally like normally when I talk to you about something that I'm very passionate about and I'm like, Oh you gotta check this out but like not like as a fanboy, but like I get really deep into it, like the psychology of it and how it like affects you emotionally. You're just like, wait, what? You're like yeah. all about that. <laughs> Cause that's me. Yeah. Um, all right. This actually shocked the shit out of me. Oh, there's another poop joke. I, this shocked the Lord out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, supposedly G4 TV is coming back. Um, so... On Friday, Friday that just recently passed, um, the Twitter account for G4 TV and G4 Stack of the Show, like, they, they sent out a cryptic teaser video. And it, it had this video where it showed, like, uh, people, like, like it, the view was, like, of an underground, like, kind of basement stuff. You hear, like, um, the Pong sound effects, like, the boop, 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 and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you see the arcade. And then... It like cuts the black on the screen and says like we never stopped playing and then it's fucking G four twenty twenty one. Now I'm just like, what? <laughs> and did you did you ever watch G four growing up? No, I didn't. I mean, I would like walk into GameStop and see it playing or whatever, mm. but I never really sat down to watch it. I I used to watch a lot of G four, um, a lot. Like, I would imagine you did you did because you will watch playthroughs. Mm. Like, that's the best thing in your life. It's it's a it it allows me to escape. <laughs> I know it's calming probably, yeah. but you know G four is G four. Yeah. So, but G four. I mean, for you folks who don't know, um, G four was like the station that you go to for like video game news, uh, kind of like cartoons, anime, um, geek news. It was like Geek Central. You went to G four, and boom, you. Learn about the latest comics, the movies coming out. It was great. It, it originally used to start, it used, it used to be just a street computer channel. It was called Tech TV. And they actually were all about computers, monitors, mm-hmm. everything like just tech heavy. 
and then it started kind of getting more into the mass audience and people start getting more into video games they still had like their tech talk and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but as it, and and before before i was so easy before we were so easily able to go to comic-con um that's the channel i would watch because they would have a week-long special where they would just talk about comic-con all the news that came out i got it what's up for all the conspiracy theorists out there okay okay covid19 came about so that it's not so easy for us to go anywhere so that g4 can make its return yes 100 (laughs) percent co-sign i co-sign that shit Yes. This message has been approved by oh my Mark Salcido. You know what? I think that's bullshit. That's actually kind of... I mean, not that the, the conspiracy theory is bullshit, but I, I remember... Mean, well, it is, because I just made it up. Oh, but. yeah. I know, I know. But, like, the, okay. Uh, earlier today, before we started recording, I saw, like, articles that, like, Comic-Con at home was a bust. Uh-huh. It was, like... Like, I, I knew it was going to be a bust over the weekend, because, like, I was on Twitter... Um, I, I was watching like these panels and everything mm. and I was on Twitter trying to see like, oh, who's talking about Comic-Con? Am I missing something or whatever? No, nobody was really talking about Comic-Con. It was not a whole lot of things were announced. I yeah. think, I think like normally they're not, not, um, like no lie. If some trailer came out of Comic-Con, like this Marvel trailer, DC or whatever, within like fucking 30 minutes it get like 2 million views mm-hmm. I think like their highest viewed video was like 440,000 wow and like that was it um it was just another day to everybody so like they're not really following it yeah I mean, it was it was it was nothing really to talk about but this is going off from the G4 topic um yeah apparently G4 is coming back I'm I'm kind of happy but not so much because ever since G4 has been gone which has been like Oh, when it it's been gone for I think maybe like five or six years. Um, ever since then, you can just go to like IGN on YouTube. You can go to like Nerdist. Mm-hmm. There's all, there's all these channels where you can get all your geek, video game, nerd, comic book, movie news, and like they've actually built like productions mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. So it's kind of like. I don't know. It's just like I'm. I'm down for it. Also, like this, this was used to be on on TV. A lot of people don't watch stuff on TV now. They're cord cutters now. We watch stuff that's Hulu, Netflix, or whatever. What if they don't just do TV? Okay, so if they don't do just TV, um, and let's say they do mainly online stuff, mm-hmm. that goes back to well, there's IGN, there's Nerdist, there's all these like there's uh, what's it called, um. I forgot uh, screen junkies and stuff like that. Like they like they've taken like whatever G four used to have their whole like grass on. It's been splintered. That like everybody has gotten a piece of it now. I don't think that matters because G four already had such a strong following. Mm-hmm. People are gonna go for it again. Yeah, we've, as we've, long we've, as they don't drop the ball. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean they're gonna stop watching other things. Mm. But they're also gonna watch this thing. That's At true. least in the beginning, you know, yeah. and then as it proves itself to be as great as it was or whatever, mm. you know, it'll gain more of a following. And that's true. Um, that is true. What, what else? I mean, especially if, like if they bring back uh, X-Play or Attack of the Show. Mm-hmm. X-Play, um, I, I forgot the name of the oh, Morgan Webb and I forgot the other host. That was that was the shit. 
mm-hmm. that was two holes. They would review video games, and they were fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, I know both of them have like taken off. They've done like their own career. And Attack of the Show that was like every Monday through Friday, uh, Monday through Friday, four p.m. to five p.m. or maybe been three to four. In front of my TV, along with millions of people, we were all watching Attack of the Show because that was the hour long nerd program. Yeah. And that was great stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, you you do have something. They could they could honestly people would just be like, oh shit, let's come back to it. Let's. I mean, they said the same thing. Netflix came out, and then Mm. Amazon came out, and everyone was scoffing. That's true. That is true. Come on. I know everybody's like now. Now Netflix is on top, and now everybody's trying to be like the Netflix killer. Yeah. Which (laughs) it ain't gonna happen. It ain't (laughs) ever gonna happen. No. I mean, if anything, they're gonna kill the streaming service because there's too much shit streaming now. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, and they used to have like leagues and shit like that too, like video game leagues, competitions, mm. and stuff like that. Um, the only thing that has survived from uh, G Four was American Ninja. Oh, really? Yeah, they used to be on on G Four. I wonder if they would do like Pokemon Go tournaments. Oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I don't fucking doubt it. You know, like, you could sign up for, like, different tournaments for I video games and it. stuff. Actually, you know what? No, I think it could be very successful because, like, we are so steeped in, like, pop culture and, like, nostalgia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt that. Holy shit. You might be on something. Let's yeah. call him up. Let's call G4 right now. On something or on to something? On to something. Who are we going to call? Who are we going to call? Ghostbusters. Go- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, let's go to the next story. <laughs> Tenet. Mm. They're going to reset. Race. They're going to release <laughs> internationally in they're gonna, August. They're going to reset this year? Please, no, just. <laughs> no, they're going to. Reese's Pieces. <sighs> Your daughters were talking about Reese's Pieces today. I was like, <laughs> okay. They were talking about yeah, it? Yeah, they are talking about it to, to Leia's mother <laughs> about Reese's Peanuts. You know, just, <laughs> Anyway, go on, go on, say go on. Reese's penis. Oh, Reese's peanut butter cup. Let's get that straight. <laughs> Who's this guy named Reese's and why is he showing his penis? <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Sorry. So their uh, tenant is going to release internationally in August mm-hmm. before it releases in the U.S. Ooh, get ready for them piracy websites. I think that's awful awful choice it is it's a Christopher Nolan does not know when to fucking stop. You're not losing money. By not releasing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not you're not losing money. Yeah. You're just not making money. Yeah, you're not, making the, you're not making the money it could make. No, you're not making any money at all if you're not releasing it. Yeah. Mm. But once you release it somewhere, mm. and your largest audience, you're not releasing it to first. Yeah. You're losing money. Now oh, you're absolutely. losing money because you're not... Like, so many people torrent in different things. Yeah. Um, or they're just not going to go to the theaters because they don't feel safe, and they're just going to wait till it comes out. Yeah. Um, you said the release date was, what, August 26th, right? Yeah. Internationally? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it and apparently, it's supposed to come out in the U.S. on September 3rd. And we'll see if that happens. Yeah, that's it. That's if the theaters open up again. They're not going to. They, I We're mean, still in the shit, like... Yeah, it's some and, cities, I think, are starting to bounce back. Mm-hmm. I think that's just because it's already worked its way through. <laughs> yeah, oh, I had COVID. I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I honestly think, and I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who thinks this. Um, that this is honestly a bad move. One, 
because like what Kelsey said that it, uh, you're you're releasing internationally, but your biggest audience is in, is in the U.S. and they're not going to watch it, um, or they don't get it first. Now, this opens the door to piracy, and people they if a lot of people don't appreciate a film of this style enough to want to go see in the theaters or wait. Mm-hmm. Some people would just be like, oh, it's Christopher Nolan film. I looked at the string. Yeah, I'll watch it on my TV. Mm-hmm. Dis- despite bad camera quality. Yeah. So this is going to open up the door of the piracy. It, it it cannot be stopped. Yeah. And it's 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 stupid. It's fucking stupid. But I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't run the studio. I'm not I'm not fucking Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So. How much does the movie cost? Oh my god. $200 million to produce this movie? Shit. They're going to lose so much money. And tens of millions more to market. Oh, this movie had at least cost oh, $300 million. At least. Mm. At fucking least. Um, Let's see. Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Korea, Russia, and the UK mm. will all get um, the movie <laughs> in August. More, more locations... Just to get it pirated. <laughs> exactly. Um, especially people like overseas. Hmm. Like my ex came home with all kinds of movies, and like that's how I got introduced to Doctor Who. Yeah, that's a. I, that's they the thing have like bootleg copies of everything over there. No lie, I used to work at a car dealership, and we would have a guy who show up all like once a week, and he would have uh, bootleg DVDs for us to to buy off him. Hmm. I mean, I I I think I bought maybe like one or two or something like that. But like now, I'll just I'll just wait. Yeah, it, I mean, there's so much out there now. Like you don't have to, um, you don't have to do all the crazy. Let's make a deal bullshit that you had <laughs> to before. Yeah, I mean, plus you know, I, you know, I know my I know my way around Torrance, California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Torrance. Torrance, California. That's a great place to pick up, you know, movies, especially during the Oscar season. I uh, had to get my screen fixed there at the Best Buy there one time. Oh, that's right. All the way down there? Yeah, because there's only like two, like one or two stores in the area that would actually replace your screen Uh because it has to be certified. Oh, my God. So I had to go all the way to Torrance. (laughs) That's That's a far drive. Yeah. All right. So, um, what else? What else we got in the news is that uh, the Emmys, uh, Emmy nominations came out um, this morning. Uh, drama series: we got Better Call Saul, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, S- Succession. Uh, my money's on Succession. Uh, comedy: uh, Curb Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, Good Place, Insecure, The Komnonsky. Kaminsky. Kaminsky method. <laughs> that was so easy. I know, right? Uh, Marvel's Ms. Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. Hmm. I think What We Do in the Shadows is going to win that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great show. Limited Series. This is one thing I'm really excited about. Limited Series? hmm Okay. These are all great nominees. The one that matters the most? Watch. Watchmen. Yeah. That needs the just a great show. I love that show. I know. Uh, lead actor. Um, oh, your boy Sterling K. Brown's nominated again. Yeah. I didn't see that. I only saw the, like, the first two seasons. So. I mean, it's Sterling K. Brown. I mean, I know. He's amazing in everything. Amazing. He's an amazing guy. Uh, lead actress. 
Oh, I want yeah, Zendaya. Want, yeah, you want Zendaya to win for Euphoria. I, I do want her to win. I don't think she will, but didn't didn't Jodie Comer win last year for Killing Eve? I think she did. Yeah, she's nominated again. I never did finish that season. I honestly think Laura Linney will win because that was a great performance from her from Ozark. Mm. Um, lead actor, do 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 do. Michael Douglas, Eugene Le- Levi, Rami. My boy Rami's gotta win. Rami Youssef. You think win. he's gonna win? That show is so good. That show, it's so freaking good. Yeah. I uh, maybe Don, I heard Don Chia's performance in Black Money was really good, so I don't I don't know. But. And then lead actress in a comedy series. Um, not I don't know. I haven't seen any of these. Um, mm. Christina Applegate and Dead to Me. Mm. I I wanted to watch uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I never got to it. Oh, you have time. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> that right? <laughs> I know. Why do I? Uh, I heard. I haven't seen that. I heard, everybody who I've talked to about the show, they think they say it's really great. Uh, I heard Dead to Me is really great. However, I'm voting black. I want Issa Rae. I love Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. So I'm voting black. <laughs> oh, well, Tracy Ellis. Uh, Tracy, sorry, Tracy Ellis Ross is nominated as well. But I like Issa Rae more. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few other nominations that we didn't cover. I mean, it's a long fucking list. Yeah. And we've been in the news. And you know how to read, so go read it. Yeah, and we've been in the news for like 30 minutes. So yeah, I want to move on to the worst <laughs> movie experience of my life. All right, what's that? Okay, we're going to do our recent review of Radioactive. I want to tell you about radium, a most peculiar and remarkable element because it does not behave as it should. Science is changing. And the very people who are running science are the people who believe the world is flat. And I'm going to prove them wrong. You're Maria Sklodowska. I'm Pierre Curie. Your science is brilliant. <laughs> You're proposing a partnership. That's exactly what I'm doing. You're just extraordinary. There is another element that's skewing the results. You think you found an undiscovered element? You have fundamentally misunderstood the atom. Our work's been nominated for the Nobel Prize for our discovery of radioactivity. And the commendation only mentions my name. I'm just the wife, isn't that right? What have I ever treated you like? I am the wife of Pierre Curie. I want to protest in the strongest possible terms. It is a distinct lack of respect. They don't like you here. When have other people's opinions ever affected anything I've done? You did the extraordinary. You changed the world. The synopsis is Pioneer Rebel Genius. Radioactive is incredible. True story of Marie Curie and her Nobel Prize winning work that changed the world starring Rosamund Pike and Sam Riley. Directed by Marjan Satrapi. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did, I think it's a girl, Persepolis. It is a woman. Yes, you uh, are. Chicken with Plums and Gang of the Hotas. Yeah, someone fell down the stairs when you asked that question. <laughs> yeah, is it a girl? Oh my God, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry, sorry, sorry. Written by Jack Thorne, who did Skins, um, A Long Way Down, and The Aeronauts. Uh, stars Rosamund Pike, Yvette Fuhrer, uh, Mirjam Novak. Uh, Sam Riley and other people. Mm-hmm. Sean Brooke. 
Sean Brooke. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what do you think about this movie, Kelsey? <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> As a woman. Uh, like, I don't really get into the whole woman's right women's rights stuff uh, as much as i probably should uh, like it's kind of weird i probably am more interested in like black rights than women rights okay um but i mean but you do respect and you do understand that like women's rights is like it is a oh totally like there are times where i'm like i guess maybe it's just because like i'm a white woman and i know there are people who are a different color than me that are suffering more mm, so gotcha. i mm. just don't take it maybe as seriously as i should mm-hmm. um and let's not forget that 56 percent of white women voted for trump yeah i was in the 44 percent. Maybe actually maybe it was 63 it's a high number but anyway sorry separate, I, I wasn't, no you were not no nope. you're, you're one of the as well as what uh, white people say to minorities you're one of the good ones <laughs> <laughs> um but I was offended, honestly, for women. Wow, okay. Because here's an opportunity to show mm-hmm. a woman m- making something mm-hmm. of herself and, and being educated mm-hmm. in a time where it wasn't as accepted. Yeah. Um, and she did it anyway. Yeah, this takes place like, what, early 1900s, right? Or yeah. not even, maybe like the turn of the century, correct? It was the turn of the century, yeah. Okay. And, um, I mean, the woman fucking knew Albert Einstein. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, just... And, and the way they portrayed her mm-hmm. was very autistic. Uh, Mary, Marie Carey, right? Yeah. She yeah. came off as autistic. Mm, okay. Like, she didn't have any emotion except for Kurt mm-hmm. and borderline angry okay for people who don't understand what's the definition of kurt short short okay like uh without emotion and short yeah and she she... i'm sorry go on go i'm gonna let you finish before i start just going um yeah so she she came off as autistic Uh and then instead of making it about her like we i understand that she was married like i didn't know that much about her but Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly didn't know anything about her. Yeah. I just knew she was a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, and she discovered more than radioactivity. Like, they made it seem like it was her entire life. Mm-hmm. But I think she's done more than that. Yeah, she um, she's done a lot. Oh, like, she did. I'm surprised they didn't really cover a whole lot of this. They only covered maybe, like, 10 minutes of this. Uh, or they only used 10 minutes to cover this. But, like, her involvement in, like, the First World War. Mm-hmm. They barely, like, touched up on that. I know that was, like, really important. Yeah. No. So, like, they they didn't portray her as a strong presence of her own. Mm-hmm. They portrayed her as autistic, and then her getting married mm-hmm. was the reason why she was successful. Mm-hmm. Like, even though she could have done it on her own, yeah. she needed that man to lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... She wasn't capable of being by herself once he passed away. Yeah, then they, they then they really focused on her um, on her affair that she had with like a, an assistant or something, and how like she was essentially like constantly sh- slut shame, mm-hmm. and instead of like 
really showing how she can really rise above that and still pursue her her love and her passion for science. They just made that like a beating fest. Like a huge focus of her. Yeah. It's frustrating. Uh Uh-huh. Like, who wrote it? Yeah, a man wrote it. Uh, No no lie. While we were watching the movie, I think I was like maybe 30 minutes into it. And I was like, a guy had to have write this. Like, I'm not not saying like all guys can't write for him. There are cases where guys have written for women and done it well. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it was garbage it was pure garbage (laughs) it was um so i'm offended (laughs) and they should be ashamed Mm. that they let a man write a woman's story yeah and they should be ashamed that they didn't write about her they wrote about the discovery basically they wrote about the discovery of one of the most dangerous things mm-hmm. that happens to exist even to this day, which yeah. is, you know, um, radioactivity. Yeah, like, radium. Uh, radium. Radium, and there was something else. Some, almost not plutonium, but... Pl- uh, they called it plenon- plon- uh, plunium or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but pretty much like radioactivity and stuff that essentially can like melt off your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my I, I'm gonna I'm a I'm gonna keep my end kind of short because everything Kelsey said I fully agree with like 100. Um, percent This movie is like about two hours long and I was, it was a fucking slog fest. For I wanted month. to fall asleep. No, yeah, seriously. And the funny thing is, like, if you watch this movie and you watch the trailer, you almost get two different movies because. Um, when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, cool. This is like a woman who's like fighting oppression from men and stuff like that. Who's trying to like get her name and be recognized as like this fucking genius and stuff like that. They even make a, they even make a point where like the fact that like when she made this discovery and was given, was going to be given the Nobel prize, they mainly gave her husband the recognition for the discovery and the trailer. You think, okay, she's going to like, she's going to fight this this is going to be like her bat one of her big battles throughout this movie it was like two minutes they didn't she didn't even have a battle for it i don't think exactly i think they gave her the recognition after her her husband passed away yeah like oh he's not here anymore oh now we know that you were probably the one yeah and like they were in the in the trailers were sounding like she was making like this huge protest about it and everything like Mm -hmm. I, i i have to I have to disagree with this and all that kind of stuff. The mo- the most the only thing she pro she did protest, but the only way she did it was just not going to the hospital. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> all right. She has a thing against hospitals and made that very clear throughout the film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, do we really need to go spoiler territory? This is kind of like history, so I don't know if we really want to go spoil. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. If we I need think to- we should still do a spoiler section okay. because um, okay. we're gonna get into like the details of how the movie was put together. Okay. Okay. Um, is there anything that you want to cover that's uh, before we get into the spoiler, before we step into the spoiler room? If there's anything else you want to just kind of touch up, touch up on. Um. No. Oh. No. No. <laughs> I'm gonna save it for the spoiler section. Uh, okay. Um. I, I so I'll, I'll add a little bit more, and hopefully I'll try to remember most of the stuff when we get into it. Um. The performance were bad. Yes. A lot of the performance was freaking 
bad. And the like, direction was bad because it was very linear. There wasn't a lot of um, creativity. Yeah. So it really felt like uh, point A to point B to point C, point D. Yeah, and it, it, no lie, it felt like it felt like some of this movie took the parts from other historical stories and like tried to incorporate like the style of how the story is being told, but took all the bad stuff. And didn't learn from those previous movies, like, mistakes or, like, what didn't work. It took all the bad and then put it in here. It kind of felt like they were trying to redo... Remember we watched that one movie that had David Bowie in it for, like, a second? As Tesla or whoever? Oh, um... Blah, 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 blah. Oh, the... The the Prestige. Yeah, that one. It felt like that. Yeah, But not as good. Yeah, no lie. It looked like yeah, speaking of Christopher Nolan, it had like that weird kind of like setting intent. And I know it's supposed to be like London, mm-hmm. but it was like while this is going on, the prestige is happening like right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. And it kind of like took that away from it because the prestige is like this kind of fake story, this kind of like weird story of like musicians like battling it out and stuff like that. And here's this I don't know, it was it took now now you now you now you remind me, it just it's taking me it's making me hate this movie even more <laughs> and i and i do enjoy a good historical story um i know there i know there are tons of of biopics that take liberties and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but there's there are so many better ways to do that if you want to incorporate what their legacy is going to be when they are long gone like just to kind of give you a small hint frida did almost frida did the same thing but in a way way much better way that, i can't wait to talk about that yeah one. that made freedom more memorable and radioactive almost completely forgettable yeah i'm already forgetting part of it <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so you won't forget it um okay so we are gonna go ahead and jump into the spoiler section so if you folks have not seen radioactive which is on amazon prime and you guys want to not be spoiled or anything we got a spoiler bumper for you so uh frank tony uh gina Leroy, Carl, Tammy, John, Mark, Kelsey. We're going to go ahead and step into the spoiler room. And here's. I felt like this was Mark's rendition of Mambo number five. <laughs> All right, so here's your spoiler bumper right about now. section yeah hope you guys are feeling comfortable take a seat <laughs> um if you didn't watch the movie first congratulations we're saving mm-hmm. you some pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like fuck just tell me about it so i can just not watch it <laughs> <laughs> um it is two hours long like we said mm-hmm. um they have this this is what i was gonna say okay they did a lot of montages oh they did yeah <sighs> i felt like what made it even more linear than just being linear? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with telling a story mm-hmm. in a linear fashion, but there's something wrong about telling a story in a linear fashion <laughs> that makes you feel like you're just reading a very dry history book that might be a little biased. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know... Then you add the montage on top of it. And you're like, do I really need to see her <laughs> stabbing a bunch of what looks like coal? Oh, yeah. With a pick. 
Yeah, like she was they, over they, and over again. Yeah, like they were trying to make the process of her, of her finding her, of making her discovery interesting, but it was really just kind of really boring. Yeah. Like that's just like all right, just go ahead and make your shit, make your shit glow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would have see, and the thing is, like, mm. aside from the montage, radium isn't all bad. They created x-ray machines and different things yeah because of it yeah and the way that they portrayed they kept doing like these cut scenes mm. where she's create you know in like a big part of her life and then all of a sudden you're seeing like this kid getting the what's essentially like one of the first um radiation therapies for cancer back in like the 50s yeah or there's another cutscene. You see people in close proximity to them testing nuclear weapons in Nevada, mm-hmm. and it's like all this negative stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and it was kind of weird because like there was really no transition into it. It would it would just show her just doing something, and then cut to we're like in the fifties, and it gives you like a, a time and a location. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, why did we just it, like, jump Yeah, here? it takes you out of the story. Yeah, yeah. Not just that, but for how much they wanted you to understand how much she leaned on her husband, mm. you know, they went through the births of their two children at breakneck speeds. Yeah. Um, yeah, like one minute she's pregnant, next minute, boop, baby's out. Like, yeah. whoa, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh, man. Like, I didn't have enough time to worry about if the radiation was going to make it come out with two heads or not. I know. They, and they, and the, the thing about it was, like, they, there was, like, a couple scenes or shots where, I mean, in my mind, I was like, oh, she's pregnant. Like, something's going to be wrong with that baby or whatever. And they did show, like, one little part with the second child, like, how the birth was difficult. But it, seriously, it just, it just looked like it was just a difficult birth. Yeah. Like, like why did you it's like why did you show her pouring chemicals without any like the proper safeguards you know well i mean i know back then they, they didn't know that they needed those safeguards yeah i know but like why did you like show that and not and then not at least take your time to to explain ex- why the birth was difficult or yeah, whatever exactly it was just like oh she took a hell of something and boom baby popped out yeah like oh you you might as well not even show that at all yeah um yeah and then like this 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 movie took a this movie like took took the legacy of of Marie Car- Marie Curry, right? Uh Mary Curie. Mary Curie. Cuz I keep want to say Mary Curry. Okay, Mary Curry. It's like they took the legacy of her and what she did and like beat the shit out of her with a bat. Yeah. Because the only like no lie, the only seemed like the positive thing that they showed was the fact the uh, there's the x-ray that was like way later on. Yeah. And then like the first like radiation treatment for cancer. Which you don't know how that went. Exactly. Because it was one of the first, so it probably wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then next, you know, we focus like the destructive nature of the atom bomb. We see the, what's it called? Big guy and little boy being dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Um, Chernobyl. It's just like, it, like if you want to make her discovery either somewhat pop positive or the, for w- what disaster it did and what good it actually had done don't show mainly the bad shit <laughs> what um, i need to 
Hmm. Also, I need to look up um, what else did she. Oh, what else did she invent? Yeah. Um, I'm sure. She, I'm sure it, it, she did more. And then, like, it also shows like how um, for a woman who's incredibly intelligent, they were they really made her seem dumb and like like how you said like uh, was it Kurt and what was the other expression? I said she was autistic. On autistic, and it was so weird because like there are parts where like she's she's having an argument with her husband or somebody, and her answer. To end the argument is to run away. Yeah, she ran away a lot. Yeah. And she was always arguing with everybody. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it, it just seems so bad because, like, the people that they got, like, Rosamund Pike is a really great performer. And it just, it was just, I don't know, it, just, it was just so poorly, it was so poorly acted. It was, it was awful. Um, Not just that, but they didn't. Not only did they not spend enough time on the birth of her second child, Mm -hmm. they didn't spend enough time with her as a mother to the children. Mm -hmm. Um, And she even says, I wasn't really a mother to you, to the older one when they were on their way to the (laughs) fucking battlefields for World War One. I know. It was like, were you a mother at all? Because we don't, I don't know. (laughs) And then like, come to find out her daughter was just as smart as she was and won a Nobel Prize with her husband. Yeah, they but, cr- like they there is no reason for them to even put that in, in like just before the credits. Yeah, because we didn't know her. Yeah, it's like you don't like it, it's it's obvious. It's obvious that the daughter had was influenced by her mother and her intelligence and her pursuit and like discovering new forms of science or whatever. But like the movie didn't convey that. Either if it conveyed it very poorly or very little at all. Because, like, you know, finding out that the daughter, like like Kelsey said, along with her husband, they created, like, a form of artificial uh, radiation, which was, from my understanding, a lot healthier than the pure form that they had. Yeah. And that fucking... <sighs> like, you have to start somewhere, right? Like, yeah. we weren't able to see out into space with just, a, a like, a simple telescope at first, either. Mm. Like, we could see, like... A little bit but not super far and mm. then everyone would like base their designs off of something that came to pass mm. and made it better yeah like you can't just say that someone was trash or whatever just because they they didn't do it right uh, the first time but she also won a nobel prize on her own for chemistry oh okay. after yeah. her husband died yeah I, that's the thing. I do remember them mentioning that but then you're like what is it like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, it says like for chemistry, and then like the 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 people like the the folks over there in Sweden, they didn't want her to show up because she was having an affair. Yeah, and then she showed up anyways, and they gave her a standing ovation. <sighs> My God, that speech that she did in that scene was that supposed to be like a motivational speech or some shit? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it was me. bad though. It was really bad, and um. Like they didn't really like. Oh my God, I'm trying to think what. A, like I feel like I feel like we've been beating the crap out of this movie. I'm on, I'm honestly no lie. I'm trying to like put in my head like what was something good about this movie. Rosamund Pike is pretty. <laughs> okay. And also, she was German. Why did she have an English accent? Oh yeah, that's right. No, she wasn't German. She, she was, was Polish. Polish. She was Polish, and she didn't. She had a British accent. I remember. What did you What did you say about? Uh, how Hollywood does that? Oh, if it you know if it's an American-made movie, uh-huh. anyone who's foreign 
has an, um, a, a British accent. A British accent. Yeah, and everyone had a British accent. Yeah. It, like, it, it seems like this movie... It seems like the movie... It, it's, it, 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 it focused on um, Mary, Mary Curry more in a negative light, negative light than it should have actually had done. Like, I think what... If it felt like it felt like the whole part about her having an affair, it seemed like that was like a whole hour of just that. And I feel like she lived. I wonder. Um, hmm. There's something I think they're called the Radium Girls. Okay. Um. And. She liked what, the radium. No, I'm wondering when did all that happen. The Radium Girls? Yeah. What, what is the Radium Girls? During World War One. What is the Radium Girls? Okay. So, Radium is what Mary Curie discovered. discovered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her and her husband. Mm. And because of its glowing uh, qualities, mm-hmm. they used it to paint watch faces. Okay. So, you could see them at night. Okay. But while people were at war... Uh. The women were in the factories. Okay. So women with really fine paint brushes were licking the ends of the brushes to mm. get a nice point on them mm. and then dipping it in the radium and then painting, you know, a line or a number on a watch face mm-hmm. and then putting it back in their mouth again to the point where their jaws were falling off. Okay. Gotcha. They didn't cover that. Yeah. Like, like that, to me, that's more interesting mm-hmm. Then, um, the bomb. The oh, the atom bomb. The Nola Gay and the fucking Nagasaki and gotcha. all that. Yeah, like they kind of. They, I got it. I got it. This is what the movie did. It did a, it did a blanket over everything, instead of going into the finer details, which mm-hmm. would have made the character interesting. It would add a bit more nuance about what's mm-hmm. going on with her. Her. Her love for her husband and the fact that she missed her husband, like, and even even the affair, it just it just covered like a whole blanket. Like, like she was cold, so you never got enough details about her because she never let anybody in. It seems like mm-hmm. so they didn't even let the audience in. Yeah, and so her details weren't there, mm-hmm. like just like about the childbirth, about her older daughter, mm-hmm. anything like that, and then. Where they were talking about how, oh, you basically created a poison. Yeah. They didn't even go into that. Like, how did it affect people? Mm-hmm. Why were they saying that? Like, what were they realizing at that time? They were just yeah. people accusing her on the street or in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. But you never saw what they were talking about. I thought one part one part was actually, it wasn't intentionally funny, but I kind of like chuckled because I was like, this is so dumb. It's the part where like they first discover radium and like how the husband was like, radium cigarettes, radium candy, oh, yeah. radium, th- I was radium like, gum. Yeah, I was like, this is so stupid. However, I would have liked to have seen what the effects were after that. Like, it's, for you would risk cancer to try it once <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and um for a movie that like there because there are certain biopics that it only really gives you like a fraction of their life mm-hmm. you know even though they'll spend like an hour like a two to two and a half hours covering it yet at the end you're still like curious you want to see how true it was and what more and the nuance of what this happened and that happened by the end of this movie, I was just like, I just don't care. I don't care about this woman. I wish it gave me more. And I'm, 
I, like I don't even care to like look her up now. No. Because I'm just like you just put a bad taste in my mouth. You However, put a radium taste in my mouth. I did find out when uh, I was looking up Radium Girls that there was a movie that came out in 2018 called Radium Girls. 2018. Yeah. See, I'm more curious to watch that now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and it happened during World War One when she was still alive. <laughs> And helping her daughter out on the battlefield with the X-rays. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that would have been that's like that whole the whole battlefield uh, with the X-rays. That's like a good like thirty to forty minutes alone. You can cover all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was just like, oh, I need money to go into the battlefield. All right, I got the money. All right, let me talk to my daughter. I was a bad mother to you, right? You weren't mother at all. Yeah, we don't know that at all either. And end. Like that's in that that's that part. <laughs> there was something. Um, they would have boxes. I remember seeing this somewhere. They uh. would have boxes where they would show you that you can see the bones in your own feet because it was an x-ray. Uh. But you would put money into the machine mm. and you would look into the little glass and you would see your feet. I think I'm are you talking about like, like at an amusement park or something? Yeah, like, like a, like a rem- little attraction or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I, rem- I think I remember those. Then when they realized that was really bad for you, then they would put like like a x-ray picture in there uh, and you know trying to fool people like oh we're still gonna make our money but it's not actually your feet you know gotcha um so yeah i mean i did not like the movie at all i would not recommend this movie at all like <laughs> if there's a documentary on her i'm sure that's way better than any of this shit <laughs> i would rather watch the girl doing her makeup and talking about murder mysteries <laughs> i heard that's trending now i'm actually curious to watch those videos i saw because i think um someone we know talked about it the, like a couple weeks ago oh okay and um i was like that doesn't sound interesting to me yeah until you see it actually you're like mm. yeah and then i was like oh maybe <laughs> she's she seems really like into what she's talking about. Yeah. So I would watch it. So okay. So what? What's? <laughs> I feel like I already know this, but I want to. I want a clear cut answer. What's your? Would you? <laughs> what's your, what? What did you like this film? <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I can feel your hatred just coming from your eyes. Your hatred for this. You movie. know what? Like. There are movies that I hate. Mm-hmm. This movie is, is different for me. It's just so disappointing on that level of mm. it had potential. Yeah. Like the idea had so much potential mm. and it just turned into something that someone thought I can make a quick buck off this fucking biopic. <sighs> and it could have been really important. Yeah, but it wasn't. It's some boring ass movie that. I don't, I don't ever care to revisit. Ever. <laughs> ever. All right. Yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> All right. So what's uh, what's up? We got a, what, what 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 do we have up next? More hatred, but well deserved hatred. <laughs> okay. Um, we have our variety time. <laughs> We're doing responsibility in the media. Um, this just came about. I mean, the movie, the movie, mm-hmm. a video that we watched is on YouTube yeah. and, and it came out a month ago, but you showed it to me barely today, like maybe three hours before we were going to record. And I'm like, we need to do this. Uh-huh. Um, it's basically um, 
a YouTube video. It's a channel. Yeah, it's it's from the channel uh, Some More News. But uh, didn't it used to be called something else? Because um, I think he was really, he seemed really bitter, and he even said he was bitter. But, like, he was upset because, um, like, the host of the thing, hmm. he was upset because... Um, he was saying, you know, it could be like more like he was saying it was good news. Like he used to do the same thing that John Krasinski's doing. Oh, it's called uh, it's called even more news. There you go. It's called even more news. And the the video we saw was their Tuesday video, which oh, is no, it's called, called some more news. Is it called some more news? Yeah. Okay. Um. So Cody Johnston is the host. Okay. That's his name. Um. And I remember, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I remember you told me about John Krasinski like a couple weeks ago about mm. how he stole the idea mm. from of A Quiet Place from a book. Yeah. And then everyone was hating on the book. No, no, no. It was, no, um, it was a script that someone else wrote. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was an idea that someone else had put together and came to Krasinski or came, or came to some studio and was like, oh, we got this really great idea, you know. Uh, you can't speak, you know, because these monsters are going to kill you if, they, if you make a sound, blah, blah, blah. So then he just took the idea and just ran with it on his own. And then um, the book that was similar to the idea, or maybe it was the book. I take that back. You're right. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. It is the book. I think it was a book that was a script that turned into his script. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it correctly. And then when that book got turned into a Netflix movie, people were like, oh, this is a rip of, of A Quiet Place. But no, that that movie that was based off the book came before The Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Um, so this video goes into this huge rant. Oh, wait, what's, what's the name of the video? The video is called John Krasinski's Good News Grift. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes into like this huge thing about how John Krasinski had something good Basically, he had something that other people have had for years. Yeah. And because he's more well-known and he has money Mm. and we need something positive right now, it turned into something that he could make money off of that he doesn't need. Mm. And he... And the, and and the videos you're talking about, they're they're the some good news videos that he did, right? For like a few like four or five videos or something like that yeah okay go on um and he would talk about things that people might have fallen for like six months ago but some people are starting to fall off the cops are good bandwagon and stuff Mm -hmm. um and so he would like post videos of like cops and protesters hugging it out and different things Mm -hmm. and um So Cody goes into not only the fact that John Krasinski kind of ripped him off Mm -hmm. because he was doing it first. And not only did John Krasinski also rip off a bunch of other people who were already doing it first, Mm -hmm. other than Cody Johnston. Yeah. um, He's being very white about it. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because like Krasinski, he was John Krasinski did the, the, the videos. The videos that Kelsey's referring to are just like kind of like videos you just see on YouTube of like something to like lift your spirit or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, you see a lot of these on Facebook or whatever where it's just like, oh, here's a bunch of videos of like cute kittens. I always ex- watch um, – there's a channel called The Dodo. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking And they're always like, oh, this dog looks like it's going to die. Yeah. And then these people rescue it, and it looks like such a happy dog now, and I got a new home. Yeah. Like, I, I always stop and watch those. Yeah, and, like, Krasinski pretty much took that idea and ran, ran with it, and he, I say, I would say, I would go as far as that he cheated when he ran with it, because he had, not only did he have the, uh, the money to do it, even though they're not, like, a huge production, but he does have the money to... He had a 26-person team. Oh, to do the the do the videos? Yes, he did. Okay, now see that's some bullshit because I know there are people who do who do those videos, and they're like a skeleton team, like yes. fucking four people. He doing- hired a twenty six person team, and that doesn't include, I think, the people who did like the post production stuff on it. Jesus, and then like another form that he cheated is that he able he was able to get his celebrity friends, yeah, just to pop up and do it. Brad Pitt was doing the weather, yeah, which was. It's nice outside. And then he goes back inside. That's a very... Yeah, and I'll, I'll go far as say, like, David Lynch did that before. David Lynch used to do that. Actually, he doesn't... He doesn't, he doesn't get, now. He doesn't now, but even back then, he used to do it for the radio... For uh, a local station, 103.1, Indy FM. He would do that. He would call them up and give the weather. And he's, his his weather report was just him looking outside, seeing the weather, and then, like, getting the temperature. And yeah. And that was it. Well, somebody was doing that, too. I think... I don't know who it was, but I remember, I remember somebody doing that about traffic report. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, the traffic is the same as it is every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, th- this is just like the... the What's it called? The uh, prologue of what Kelsey is actually trying to get to. So then he goes into... Cody Johnston goes into... Different things that John Krasinski could have done better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so instead of posting videos about cops hugging it out, yeah, he could do various different things like showing your support of the protesters by showing their videos, like their side of things. Mm-hmm. Or the money that you made from selling the show, mm-hmm. you could have donated to all these different charities. Because you yeah. don't need the money. Yeah. Um, and I think instead he posted like, after he sold it, he only posted like one video and it was like another celebrity montage of, I take responsibility. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm responsible. Uh-huh. Like, And I'm kind of disappointed because, um, what's that guy for, who played Jesse Pinkman? Aaron Paul? Yeah, he was in that video. Mm-hmm. I'm like disappointed because yeah. I like him. Yeah, and th- and this was like a case where like, um, where a because uh, like I mean, say what you will, people people do look up to celebrities to f- essentially be told what to do or to be inspired or what does so and so think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And in some cases, like it's not really needed because the people on the ground floor, the protesters, the organizers, the groups, the Black Life uh, Black Life Matter Global. Uh, movement or the uh, a with the ALs, ACLU, ACLU, uh, sorry, ACLU. Um, they should be given the attention that they deserve because they are people who are on the ground floor. Krasinski and other celebrities could have done the same thing instead of like, and Dave Chappelle actually did, uh, Dave Chappelle did something like this where Don Lemon called out Dave Chappelle on like, you know, why aren't you saying anything about the you know about the about these protests or about these cops killing black men, blah, blah blah. And Dave Chappelle did a special where he was like, "I don't need to say anything, nigga, because everybody else is saying it." And why? He's like is, the streets are already talking for themselves. Yeah, like why is my voice need to be above the rest? 
and Krasinski, like, and this is Krasinski, what he did is like he kind of like did it ass backwards about like that fucking video of like protesters and cops hugging out, which is not like the real, which is not the real story. Yeah. You know, it's all that bullshit. And instead of like, you know, taking your money, like how Kel said, taking your money and running, which he did, yeah, he could have like donated or even brought more attention to these organizations just to be like, hey, I know you listen to me, but check this stuff out. Boom, I'm out. You could do that. Mm. Or you could just do what John Boyega did. Oh, go out there. Just go out there and fucking protest. Exactly. If you want your voice to be heard Mm. or you think like you want to contribute or whatever, Mm. go protest. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you're like John Krasinski and you have so much money and like you're gaining power. And influence, yeah. Yeah, so Cody Johnson said it was really disappointing to see that this guy from The Office, who was quiet and unassuming, you didn't think he was going to be that way. And then the minute he started gaining some sort of momentum and he grew his beard and he Mm -hmm. like married Emily Blunt or whatever, Mm -hmm. like now all of a sudden... He's not doing things that you would expect him to do. He's doing things like an evil person would do. <laughs> or, so, or someone who, just, who doesn't care. Yeah. Or like, you know, who does the whole out of sight, out of mind, cover my ears up kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's using his privilege to do the things that he wants to do while also not putting the right amount of attention on things that actually matter. Yeah. And there, there, have, been a, there have been a ton of actors, actresses, directors people in the sports league and stuff like that who they know they have a lot of eyes on them and they don't need a martin luther king style speech they don't need a malcolm x style speech they don't need you know a john lewis style speech or whatever or Mm -hmm. maxine waters or anything like that people look at look at look to them and sometimes look up to them and all people want to do is they just want to hear like all they can take that and just say I'm not somebody that is super important. These people are. You know what's you really know interesting? Mm. I can't stand her. Who? But Ariana Grande mm. was out there protesting. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was just out there protesting. She didn't bring any attention to it. Mm-hmm. People were taking pictures and videos of her. Mm. And I think that says a lot because even though she's kind of a piece of shit, <laughs> like appropriating black culture and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's out there protesting and she has so many young followers. Yeah. Like that's important to use your your voice mm. to tell people that you know you influence that you should be doing something about the thing these things that are important. Mm. Like for the longest time, Taylor Swift wouldn't say anything and she was getting so much flack mm. because People were like, "Oh, you don't. You're not taking a political stance on anything." Yeah. And now she is, especially because she's had so much trauma that she's endured with um, her label. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and she's not, and she's not like, she's not constantly out there hopping on like CNN or all these news channels trying to be the voice of a nation or whatever. She just yeah, she's like, not Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> or fucking um, who's the one who's fucking up a lot now? Terry Crews. <sighs> Yo, Terry Crews needs to shut the fuck up. It's like he caught the bug. Like, let me be honest about my masculinity, and then he just couldn't shut the fuck up. He he did something. He did something recently, and I was like, Yo, Terry, you are not doing yourself any fucking favor. He did this fucking tweet. He did an acronym for coon, and coon is a very <laughs> derogatory word. Yeah, yeah. 
he he an acronym for coon which is go which is conquer our own negativity okay nigga this is not the time for you to pull this bullshit out and yeah. and he got from what i saw he got fucking just dush i don't mean to use his word because it's so fucking cliche now but he got destroyed on twitter Mm-hmm. People were just like, yo, you shut the fuck Like, there is, there is a level of negativity within the black community. But using coon, using the word coon and trying to make it your own, like that scene in fucking um, Clerks 2, where D- Randall's like, oh, porch monkey, I'm taking that word back and shit. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, dude, this is not the time you do that shit. You don't take that. You don't need to take that. Not just word that, back. but the N word is already the word yeah. that black people have taken back. Like, even whether you agree with it or you don't, mm-hmm. like, that people they use it now like they took it back yeah so yeah the whole i'm sorry i'm gonna, I'm gonna let this because this, this is this is all been kelsey and i'm so <laughs> proud because she's so fucking passionate about this shit <laughs> so what's it well I'll, I'll ask you um if you have like a final say on it or anything like what's your final just take on all this responsibility in media there's so much going on right now, not just with racism, mm. but with politics, people you're supposed to look up to, not mm. just icons, you know, celebrities, but people that you look to, to for leadership. Mm. Um, you don't actually know where to look up to now. Mm. Um, and even sometimes I, I feel responsible for telling my children things that I'm not even sure are true sometimes because mm. I just want them to feel safe. Yeah. Um, it's the media has a responsibility that even if you are not using your voice to say something, your actions should be mm, okay i i feel like you can't pick and choose to be in the spotlight like if you're gonna be in the spotlight you know that you have so much more work to do than entertaining people yeah because it's 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 different now like back then like before politics really got into just everybody's everyday life and everything i, I wouldn't say that because that seems that seems fairly recent i'll say like Let's say the 50s, mm-hmm. right? 50s and 60s. It was more just like, let's go out and act. No, I'll, Before, yeah. Viet, I think Vietnam was the breaking point. That was the breaking point, yeah. And But like back then, in the early days of Hollywood and the early days of like media, people were just like, act, saying, that's it. Yeah, like look pretty and then shut up. Yeah, and things have changed now. And we're not asking or demanding these celebrities to share their inner darkest fears and secrets yeah. and like have dinner with us every night. Yeah. Or even like really share their politics. If they don't believe in their politics, if they don't believe in a certain thing, then you don't believe in it, whatever. But like the fact that people would look up to you and just say, you can take that, you can take that power and then point them in the right direction and just be go like, okay, that's all you need to hear from me because I'm good. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like we're in a super political time in 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 this in this country right now. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, I really, I just really think that if you're gonna see something, it needs to be uplifting, mm. not uplifting in a fake way, but uplifting in a way that actually supports people who need it. Yeah, like put your differences aside mm. and say something that's gonna help someone else 
or do something that's going to help someone else. Mm -hmm. And if you are in any kind of media, that's what you should be doing. Gotcha. Um, And also, I'll I'll add that recently I found out, like, there was, like, this one chart that Uh had, it was, like, a scatter chart Uh that had, like, all the different news outlets that were, like, center or, like, left or right or, like, reliable. Mm -hmm. And it's weird. They had CNN on there twice. Okay. Because they had CNN, the TV station, Uh which was more rhetoric. Okay. Versus CNN, the news, like, ah. the app, like, the written... Oh, okay, I gotcha, Which gotcha. was more, like, center and, like, reliable. Oh, okay. Um, and then I realized, after watching CNN, that it was very, like... They argue people with people for ratings, almost the way Fox News does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I mean, I would. I mean, I would obviously follow CNN more than Fox News. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sometimes even CNN can be a bit biased. They can kind of like go a little, a little too left, a little too right, you know, and then kind of really pick a side and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree with you about the whole CNN app, like the news. Yeah, because you can you can read it, and there's no. There's nothing there that says like sometimes they'll have like a, a headline that's very polarizing or whatever that's like. Mm. the president said this shit today but um like they'll they'll be they'll have a sarcastic headline but it's not like they're arguing with people to Mm. make them look stupid Mm. um and i and them being part of media like celebrity and everything i think that's also part of their um their responsibility gotcha so you know this guy i subscribed to him oh did you yeah his his stuff's really good um, I really yeah. like the. I really like his videos. You've seen his other videos. I've seen a lot of his videos. Yeah, he he's even no lie. He even did one. Um, he did one on Star Wars. Really? Yeah, the star, the, the politics of Star Wars, but like actually talked about it as if he was in the Star Wars universe. Oh, it was fu- It was really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. All right. I think we're gonna jump out of this section. <laughs> we're getting pretty political. <laughs> Which it was meant to. Yeah. Um. And so yeah. Now we're gonna do our geriatric cinematic. Hey, listen, if you think I'm going to sleep with you just because you've taken me under your wing, you're wrong. I was painting murals and womanizing in peace when you came along. (laughs) Behind the romance, we'll have to get married, you know. But you don't believe in marriage. Of course I do. I've had two wives already. To Diego and Frida. Diego and Frida! Behind the glamour. You paint her too, Mrs. Rivera. Just killing time. She's much better than me. You'll see. Behind the madness. <laughs> lies the mystery of one of the most seductive and most intriguing women of ours or any time. I loved your paintings. Academy Award nominee Salma Hayek, Alfred Molina, Antonio Banderas, Valeria Golino, Ashley Judd, Mia Maestro, Edward Norton, and Jeffrey Rush. To Frida! To Frida! We're doing Frida. Frida. And it came out in 2002. And the synopsis is a biography of artist Frida Kahlo, who channeled the pain of a crippling injury and her tempestuous marriage into her work. Directed by Julie Taymor, who did Titus, Across the Universe, and The Tempest. Written by Clancy Seagal, Diane Lake, Gregory Nava, and Ann Thomas. Interesting. Four writers on this one. Okay. Normally that's a bad sign, but not yeah. this case. Um, 
The cast is Salma Hayek, Mia uh, Maestro, Amelia Zapata, Alejandro Usigil, uh, uh, wait, Usigli, <laughs> okay. Diego Luna, which you were very surprised about, mm. and Alfred Molina. So, what did you think of this movie, Kelsey? I really liked this movie. This was a great fucking movie. So, uh, the funny thing is I knew Frida Kahlo... Mm. And as an artist mm. and also because i guess her unibrow is a joke to everybody yeah that's it oh, okay i didn't know anything else about her okay um so it was really interesting to me to see that she was by that mm. she was married for such a long time because mm-hmm. i almost felt like she was like um like an anomaly like mm. like i felt like she wasn't married mm. or like she was um almost like a diva mm. like you know how actresses could be from like the old actresses and they get old and you know and then they're like living in a mansion or something and they have all these demands all the time yeah like i felt like she was like that um and to get the story of who she was and how she lived and the things she put up with and um she also was in politics. Yeah, she was really into um, Mexican politics during that time, uh, especially when it came to um, communism around that era. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it was really um, an interesting story. Yeah, um, I, I, re- uh, I, I was, I was very familiar with Frida Kahlo's work um, growing up. Uh, growing up with a lot of Hispanic friends and stuff like that, or Hispanic people. Um, I, 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 I had a, I had a, um, not a superficial knowledge of her, but I knew about her art. I knew that she was with, uh, Diego Rivera, who's a, who was a very world-renowned artist. Um, I knew that she was bisexual, um, but that, that her, her beauty was very unconventional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I did know about like her injuries, about she was in, like in a lot of pain and her style of art, which is very unique because it was like a lot of portraits mm-hmm. but it's a lot of interesting portraits into her mind um so but yet i had never seen this movie before uh before uh we recorded the podcast mm-hmm. oh well yeah before yeah i saw it, but not recently i i just recently saw the movie um but the movie was like this now this this is how you do a fucking biopic like we took a shit on radioactive this is how you do a biopic. You know, what's so funny is mm. the different ways that it was actually similar. Mm, yeah. Um, like, Radioactive starts with her on her deathbed. Yeah, it does like a flash, like, her life flashed between her eyes, yeah. before eyes, yeah. And Frida did the same thing. Mm. Um, you see um, Mary Curie... And her experience with childbirth. Mm. Then you see Frida Kahlo and her experience with childbirth. Yeah. Um, there's affairs in both of them. Mm. Um, there's not really politics in both of them, but kind of in a sense there is. Because in one you have the communism and the other one you have women's rights and like what they should get credited for. Mm. Um, and... I think that's probably where the similarities end though yeah um 
Well, they this uh, like like in oh, this oh, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Hmm. And then both Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera were both renowned artists, and they were married. And so was Mary Curie and her husband were both renowned scientists, mm-hmm. and um, and they were married. Yeah, like there was um, like I'll, I'll even I'll even go as far as like they kind of like helped each other in their fields that they were passionate about. Um, but the way how Frida did it was a more of like a, a really as a sense of respect from both ends, you know, where in radioactive, the husband respected uh, his wife, uh, Mary, uh, Mary Curie. But Mary Curie was just like, you're trying to steal my ideas. You're trying to steal my ideas. Where in Frida was just like, you know, um, uh, Diego Rivera was just like, oh, she's a beautiful artist. She's better than me. And then she'd always be like, he's lying. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but she also did not take uh, enough credit for herself, mm. and unless she was forced to. Yeah. Um, like, they were married, and she did her art, but she never really sold it and didn't try to make a name for herself. She just did it because she liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they got divorced, that's when she blossomed. Yeah, yeah. And even it even did, even did like the level of influence that Frida Kahlo had on. Oh, sorry, Frida Kahlo, right? Um, the influence that she had not on just like her, like her art, but the inf- the people that she influenced in her life, um, like the politician. Uh, I forgot his first name, but it's like Trotsky or something like that. How he came in and how. His politics influence her art and how her art influences his writing and mm-hmm. his passion um, in politics, which was really good. I even really like the fact that, like, they did not shy away from her bisexuality. Yeah. Like, at all. You know, where in Radioactive, they, like, beat you over the head of how this was very disgusting and very disturbing. She shouldn't have had this affair. Well, and Frida just, like... Yo, she was just like in love. She just one had a good time. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't in like in a very lush kind of way of or a very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not vice, hedonistic. It wasn't like in a very hedonistic way. Mm-hmm. It was like a very like kind of like let's just have fun, let's enjoy ourselves and everything. Yeah, um, the blend of her style of art with reality was really great. Mm-hmm. I I like there's that part where. Where uh, Frida and Diego, they go to America for the first time and how they explore America. And they do it like in a series of like they're interacting with their paintings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, actually, my favorite ones were of her by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the one where it's just her and she's wearing a suit and she's cut all of her hair oh, off. Oh, that is a great She's one. sitting in a chair and you don't know it's a painting. Yeah. It's actually her painted. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it moves and she gets up and walks away and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, I liked that one and then the one where she's in the bed mm. and the bed's on fire. Oh, near the end. And then she moves too. Like she was actually like real in yeah. the painting. Yeah, even like, even like they're even like they're dead. I, we're, trust me, you're, you guys are gonna hear a lot of compare and contrast with with these two movies because they, they, there's a lot of similarities, but like Frida does it way better. And this movie came out like almost tw- almost uh, twenty years ago, and yeah. it's way better. That that just is another. Um, it's another thing that that's evident of culture. Like white isn't culture, you know. Like, like there's culture, and then like 
If you're going to, I don't know, it just feels like unseasoned chicken. You're right. You're absolutely radioactive right. is unseasoned chicken. It's un- the, the, the season has been radioactive eyes or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. I know, right? Um, I'm being racist now. No, speaking truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, even like, um, God, I think like the, what the first, I think the first five or ten minutes we were watching it and I paused it. I was like, I already really like this movie. Just like the, like, like the movie reflects the lively nature that is this artist how she um uh, jeffrey rush who's in it he plays like I say, he plays a pol- politician to trotovsky um he makes a comment saying no 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 actually no i take the back afro molino who played diego rivera he said he said to frida that like you bring life in whatever room you're in mm-hmm. and this movie was filled with so much life in there even though there was like a lot of parts of tragedy mm-hmm. it was still done in a beautiful way like the part where the there was that trolley accident that mm-hmm. like really fucked up her body, it was still beautifully shot because like the gold glitter went all over the place that she had in her head, and the way how they had her like laid out, it almost they, they turned it into art. Yeah, I thought it was really kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Not not in a way that made it bad, but uh. just wasn't sure about it. Mm. Um, was how slow the trolley accident was. Yeah. Um. Because it didn't really add anything to the trauma of the event. It was just slow. Yeah. Um, but I really liked where she ended up with the gold, um, like, dust all over her. Because that was art. They wanted you to know that life imitates art. Yeah. And I, and I think I think the reason why they did that scene was to kind of, like, I mean, other than say, like, life imitates art, but, like, that's the moment where, like, her artistry was born. You know, she, like, she had an idea. She, like, knew of Diego Rivera and stuff like that. But, like, when that accident happened, it was, like, all right, this is the beginning of her, like, exploring. Or this is, like, the stepping stones of her exploring what she can do as art. And um, funny thing is, like, while we were watching this, I kept popping over my phone. And I kept, like, just reading more information. Like, mm-hmm. I would just watch some of the movie and be, like, oh, let me find, like, this more data on this. Because it's so fucking interesting. Like, I was reading and watching at the same time. And yeah. I was so fucking fully, like, engrossed in the story and what I was, like, finding out about her. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that, like, they covered her her involvement with the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. They did not shy away from that at all. Right. And like And also they didn't shit on it either. Like yeah. people you'll think of communism and you think about Stalin mm. or Hitler mm. or even Fidel Castro, but like the way they portrayed it in this film, it wasn't as bad at that time as as we're made to believe now. Mm. And because the people in the Communist Party actually didn't like Stalin. Yeah. Like they didn't like all the evil people they just wanted someone who was in leadership that was good mm-hmm. um and so it was really interesting to get that insight yeah yeah they didn't want to they didn't do the whole like the only thing of like the red scare that they mentioned was the fact that diego uh, rivera point um put a portrait of Lenin into his uh painting on the Rockefeller wall in New York. And like, that was like the biggest, like, Oh, they can't do that because it's communism and this is America and blah, blah, blah. But that was it. It like, it gave you, it gave you a side that like was different. It, it was a side that wasn't a fear. It was like, okay, let me just, let me just understand this because I know people have like their thoughts on communism and this is all about like democracy and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but once you get into the politics of Marxism and communism, you actually find out some of it's not actually that much of a bad idea. I'm not saying I'm a communist, but some of it does make sense. There, like, there are some good parts in almost all different kinds. Yeah. Except for um, Nazism. Fuck that. <laughs> well, that's not politics. Yeah. That's racism. Yeah, that's an ideology that's yeah. very white. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the whole idea that politics is just a different way of doing things from different thoughts and processes is, like, almost kind of like what democracy is. <laughs> okay. At its core. Yes. Because you're taking little bits and pieces of everyone's thoughts. Mm. Um, but, I, yeah, I do like the idea, like, they give you a sense of what communism was at that time as opposed to what we're told it was yeah, at that time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, I know we were talking about, like, the stuff, like, how the film looks and maybe even, like, more so of the the pacing and the process of it. But what did you, what did you think about the performance? Anybody that stuck out for you? Um, definitely some Hayek. Yeah, she was nominated for an Oscar for this role. Yeah. Um, it was kind of weird seeing her as Frida Kahlo. Uh, Because I'm used to seeing her, like, in Desperado, you know? (laughs) Okay. And she looked kind of funky with the eyebrows like that. Mm. And, like, she was so short compared to everybody else. Mm. Um, but I could, like, get behind her hair like that all the time. Yo, I wish I could get behind her or shit. Even if she looked like Frida Kahlo, I was like, yo, Sama Hayek, what's up? That <laughs> uh, beautiful. But every time I see Sama Hayek, I always think about this one girl that was in basic training with us. Okay. Because she literally looked like Sama Hayek. Like, you, exactly like her. You sure it wasn't Sama Hayek trying to, like, research for a role? Well, I'm sure. <laughs> because this lead, this girl, she was actually... Uh, legally considered like a midget. Oh, she was below, uh, below, she, she, she was, was below f- uh, five feet. I think it's below 410. Oh, okay. Wow, shit. She, yeah, she was like four eight or something like that. Mm. And she was so short that she couldn't use a regular um, M16 rifle. She had to use the one with the collapsible buttstock and leave it collapsed. Oh, wow, shit. Because so it was short enough for her arms. Yeah. Um, but she looked just like her. Wow. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my opinion on Summer Hike is that, yeah, this is like, I, I've seen a bunch of Summer Hike films, and I think this is like her best performance. You can tell she gave in her all. Mm-hmm. And she understood the importance of, of this uh, person she was portraying. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like Alpha Molini. I'm sorry, Alpha Molina. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy his performance. They didn't shy away the fact that he was a fucking dick. Well, I thought it was funny that they chose him. Uh, um, because I, I think at the same time he was doing Spider Man. Was he? Oh, two thousand two. Holy shit! I think he was doing Spider Man. Yeah. Oh shit! And his accent was fake. Well, like, let me see when Spider Man Two came out. I wonder if that is the same. I think it was time. like two thousand two, two thousand three. Uh, Spider Man Dos came out in. Oh no no! Spider Man Two was out was uh, two thousand four. But it was that's pretty close. Uh, well, f- mm. like two years difference. Well, I mean, yeah, well, it takes about maybe like at least about 90, 90 days to shoot a film. So maybe I think I think I remember reading that like he was um, the size of Alpha Molina in this movie was that was his actual size. Mm-hmm. But like I heard like I think I remember reading that like he had to lose a lot of weight for 
uh, Spider-Man 2. Because mm-hmm. Doc Ock is not that big. So he might have already had the role at that time and yeah. just had to spend some time. Yeah, dropping all that weight mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I do like his, I, like I said, I did like his performance. Um, even though Alpha Molina, I think he's like Irish or something like that. Uh, no, he's he's British. He's straight up British. He did a fucking, uh, Diego Rivera is, I, let me see. I know he's of Latin descent. I don't know which one. Of, uh, I gotta type it up. Oh yeah, he was a Mexican painter. Wow, he did that Mexican painting pretty good. Oh shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, there there was a lot of times where he did look like a lot like Diego Rivera. Yeah. Um, and his like mannerisms and stuff like that. Um, but I like, but like you got a sense that like it's weird. I mean, it's not really weird. I guess it goes into the performance. But like Selma Hayek and Alfred Molina, they worked so well. You swore they were actually married. That that's one thing. Like. Whenever I see a relationship like that on screen, mm-hmm. like even when we were watching Shirley, mm-hmm. um, they have an understanding of each other and they love each other despite their flaws. Like, mm-hmm. like I would, for me, having already been married, I would always kind of want what Frida Kahlo had. Mm, okay. Like, even if he was sleeping with other women or whatever, it was always like a, a respect there that was like, no, like I actually love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to take the time to spend with you. And I'm always going to be there for you. Gotcha. And so they were like best friends. Like I would want that type of relationship where it's like they're soulmates, really. Yeah. And I guess that's why I guess that's why the two people they were portraying, it worked out so well. Because mm-hmm. they were I think they were married for like maybe like 10 years or something like that. And then they were divorced. And apparently they were married again, but I, I don't. I, don't, I think that that part of them getting married a second time. I think that's. I don't think that happened. However, I don't what, think they actually got married again. No, no, no. They did get. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That they didn't get married again, but they were still close. together. They were still like their best friends and everything. And I read somewhere that when Selma Hayek died, Diego Rivera said like this had this was the. You mean worst. when Frida died? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> when Frida Kahlo died, Carlo died. Diego Rivera had said that this is like the worst day of my life mm-hmm. is when she died. Um, man, even like even showing her in bed, she looked beautiful just with all the colors and yeah. everything. I was just like, wow, I want to go out like that. <laughs> that I didn't awesome. at first. I didn't understand the mirror on uh, top of the, like underneath the canopy of yeah, the bed because uh, I was like, why does she have a mirror like? I thought it was vanity because she's mm. laying there in bed and they're carrying her through the streets and she's looking up at herself. And I'm like, wow, mm. what a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but you know it was for like... And then I was like, wait, what kind of kinky stuff is she into? Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> you know, it was for her portraits, right? After I saw that it was for her portraits, <laughs> I knew it was for her portraits. <laughs> I, I, like, I like your thought process. Why does she have a mirror up there? She must be a bitch. Why does she have another mirror up there? She must be really kinky. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I should get a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> mirror of the ceiling. Yeah. The stucco ceiling. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, let me see what else. Is there, okay, so I, I love this movie. I think this is a really great movie. Um, I, I, I really liked how um, they were traveling 
um, mm. Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. They were mm. traveling, and she went with him, mm-hmm. and he was basically starting to spiral out of his work because he didn't want to lose his vision or lose his um, his ideals. Mm. And Frida basically told him, "Don't like, don't succumb to other people telling you what to do." Yeah. Um, and he wanted to stay in America and travel and she wanted to go back to Mexico because that was her home. Yeah. And I like the, the differences between the two of them because he really liked that life Mm -hmm. because he liked uh, being like experiencing women and he, well, he wanted to be out there experiencing life in different cultures and, Mm -hmm. um, he liked partying and different things. And she was more like, she liked having fun too, but she wanted to be around people that she knew and that she loved. Yeah. Um, she just wanted to be in Mexico and she really missed it when she was away. And I really got a sense of that from her. Yeah. There's a, there's this really great part, uh, or bit of dialogue in the movie where, um, Frida Carlos talking about Diego. He doesn't want to be back in Mexico because he thinks people are stupid or they don't understand her art. And she never said anything like, like that at all mm-hmm. about her people. Cause she was just like, they get me. They see the beauty. It's, it's not, they, uh, it's like she wants to share everything in her mind, how she sees herself with everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Mexico is her home to do that. You know, because in some cases, like, she really fought hard not to have, not to do, because people were offering to have exhibits for her out, like, in Paris mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She was like, why would I want to go to Paris and have my art out there? Like, they can see it, but if, if I want to have an exhibit, uh, like a solo exhibit, have people in Mexico see it first. That's yeah. where it matters the most. I think it's interesting how she wrote a letter to Diego mm-hmm. after they had their um, they're split up. They're split up, and yeah. she was like, "I hate Paris. Mm-hmm. They don't know me here." And then she, the next letter she writes, "Okay, that was a lie. I miss you." Yeah, and yeah, that's that's like how it like started. Paris is actually good to me, and I miss you. Yeah. Um. That was some love right there. It was. And I thought it's interesting, too, how they never really got back on the same page until she really needed him. Because um, she told him she missed him and she mm. was, you know, she forgave him and stuff. And he's like, um, I want a divorce. <laughs> and, of course, that broke her heart again, mm. you know. And then there was a time where she broke his heart. <laughs> He had it coming. <laughs> Boy, did he have that coming. Yeah. So, um, like, it's funny. They never really got back on the same page until she really needed him. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I still think it holds up. Um, even though this movie came out in 2002, I think it still holds up. I think it's still something beautiful to watch. It sure is shit better than fucking radioactive. Yeah. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, most important opinion is Kelsey's, which is? I wish I knew more people who loved movies the way that I do. Um, mm. And I think it holds up, especially because it's visual storytelling and you know how much I love that. Mm-hmm. And I want to share it with everybody like i wish it wasn't graphic because oh. i mean i mean i love that it is because i think oh, it the, actually the does. sex stuff like that. yeah yeah it's not in poor taste mm-hmm. but at the same time like i can't show it to my 12 year old <laughs> be like hey this is a great movie you should just you know ignore all the sex stuff you know but like yeah. i can't do that yeah i would love to show my daughter this movie but you know she's 10 years old and i'm not ready to show her 
that's that type of stuff yet. Yeah. <laughs> She's a little too young for that. Um, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add on to it? Be good. Um, I don't think I've adequately said how much I love this movie. Oh, I think you did. But I loved this movie. <laughs> I, I think you. I think you did a, a damn fine job sharing how much you love this movie. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if like I, I wouldn't be surprised if I come over like next week or something like that. And, and I'm just, rewatching. Yeah, rewatching. I exactly. actually would rewatch this one. I don't rewatch movies because uh-huh. I, I don't like knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I start to fall out of love with it. Mm. Um, but I think this one is one that I would rewatch. Would you? Here, here's a double feature idea. Would you watch this along with Basket? Yes. <laughs> I just put that thought in your head like, oh, shit. Yes, I would. <laughs> Holy shit. Because they're, they're, they're two very, like... They're uh, artistic movies. Yeah, they're like two artistic movies on two very artistic people who who did, who did wouldn't compromise their vision. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you love stuff like that. I do. Gave you a double feature idea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should, like, watch them together. I'd be down to do that. I need, I would like to rewatch Basket, especially for um, Jeffrey Wright's performance. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are going to. Oh well, this is the, this is where we get to the end of the podcast, where I do my little things. Where you do your little <laughs> things. my little things. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first time I said that. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, movie still holds up. You know, we both enjoy it quite well. Um, we think y'all. If you guys haven't watched it, y'all should. Definitely check it out. It's on Netflix, so you have no excuse. Um, all right, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. Um, you can catch uh, this episode and all our past episodes on all podcast catchers, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, and the such. Um, next week, well, nothing's really getting released next week, so we are going to do a special episode where it's going to be... Um, a geriatric cinematic match. It's going to be uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, the 2000, 2000 version, versus Gone in 60 Seconds, the 1964 version. And we're going to see which one did it better. I feel like we already know the answer, but fuck it. We're just going to talk about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2000 version, you can read it on YouTube, Amazon, and Apple TV, or on iTunes, I believe. The... 1964 version of Gone in 60 Seconds is on Amazon Prime to watch. If you guys have Prime, you're all set. Uh, the topic of that episode will be compare and contrast on the racetrack. So, mm. can't wait to show you that one. The Gone in 60 Seconds. That's a, that's a good that's a good car movie. Just like stunts and stuff like that. What makes it even so better? Or even more better? Even more better? Even more better. <laughs> is the guy who directed it was an actual stunt driver. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna bid you guys adieu. Wash your damn hands. Wear your fucking mask, cause we are starting to get sick and tired of staying home. We went to a drive-in the other day. Uh huh. For the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah. And like, it's so funny. I would have fun doing stuff like that with you, and mm. I remember you made a comment like, "I miss this." Yeah. Like. I miss being silly with you because you're home all the time. Like we're home all the time. Mm. Sorry. My cat's playing with my headphones. Um, <laughs> we're home all the time. And I feel like I'm just work 
and kids mm-hmm. and in my feelings. In the podcast. Well, yeah, in the <laughs> podcast. But, like, everything becomes mundane and monotonous when you don't break it up a little bit. Yeah. And I wouldn't have... I mean, I, I really like going out and doing stuff like that with you, but I wouldn't have thought it was anything super special mm. because... It was just like a drive-in movie theater, yeah. except that I thought it was because mm. we haven't done anything in such a long time. Yeah. Um, and so I forgot where I was going with that. But oh, because I said you know wear your damn mask because we're tired of being home. Yeah, I'm tired of being <laughs> home. That's where you're getting it. Like I want to go out and drink to have fun, not drink uh, to like to forget <laughs> to forget about being bored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kelsey hates being home. So do I. Yeah. So, once again, put on your fucking mask. And stop traveling. <sighs> stop traveling, please. Uh, all right. So, that is going to be it for our show. Um, like I said earlier. <laughs> Before I went on by tangent. Of, <laughs> oh, this man. Is, I missed the good old days. This is a tangent podcast with starring Kelsey. Because you were, you were on a tear in that variety time. That wasn't a tangent, was it? Oh yeah, you were going, you were going on for a while, and I, I trust, I like it when you. No, a tangent time. is when you're going off topic. Oh, we, we do that all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, before we leave you guys, I'm gonna tell you guys a story. Um, I just hope the cat. Oh, the cat is gonna be interrupting. <laughs> all right, so oh, and the cat, yeah, yeah, the cat's on the podcast. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna tell you guys a story. That involves purring. <laughs> uh, so when I was, you know, my younger years, I was uh, I was in bed with this very pretty girl, and we just got into the act of lovemaking, and we were just laying there. As the cat, as the cat I can hear the cat purring through the mic. Um, and so what happened was I, I looked at her, looked in her eyes, and she looked at me, and I remember telling her like, "Oh, I, I love you." And I don't know what happened. I don't know where it came from, but the words of Frida Kahlo, played by Selma Hayek, came out of her. And the words went as such: "I love a man with melons that are bigger than mine." <laughs> <laughs>